that I want you to be aware of. Amen. Matthew chapter 2. Would you mind getting your Bible and turning with me to Matthew? Second chapter. Starting at verse number 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And so he gathered all his chief priests and his scribes, the scribes of the people together, and he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Now, Father, we thank you for your word. It is powerful. It is alive and able, God, to do unbelievable things. And I pray, Lord, that what you have sent it to do, it would be accomplished, Lord. Speak to us now through your word. We give you praise for that. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Would you just agree by saying amen one more time? I want to talk to you about the wise men. Now, most are familiar with the traditional wise men, the wise men that came from the east. They followed a star. They brought gifts. Does anybody know what gifts they brought? They brought gold. They brought frankincense. And they brought myrrh. They went first to the city of Jerusalem. And they were called before Herod. Herod was the king in that day and at that time. They were questioned by him. And then they were sent out. But there's something that I discovered that I hadn't really seen before. There's actually a group of wise men who did not go to Bethlehem. So maybe we should call them the not-so-wise men. The wise men sought him and found him, and I'll say it like this, wise men still seek him, and they'll find him yet today. There were a group of wise men that did not go to Bethlehem, and so they did not find the Savior. Look at verse number 4 very closely. King Herod gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, and he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. The wise men came from the east, and after they came and, and asked the question, where is, where is he to be born, the king of the Jews? This troubled Herod, and so he called his own wise men, if you will. The very top scholars, the very uh, top shelf priests and religious leaders, and the scribes. He, in essence, appointed temporary wise men, his own wise men, because Herod wanted to hear what Herod wanted to hear. King Herod called his own chief priest and his own scribes to advise him about the birth of this so-called king of the Jews. The king 
of the region was intimidated by a new king that was coming to town. Hello? Got a little bit nervous? Got a little bit afraid? I want to talk to you just for a few minutes this morning, not about the traditional wise men. I want to talk to you about the other wise men, the ones who didn't make it, the ones who didn't go, the ones who didn't find. I believe there are some lessons for us, and if you'll look with me, we'll find these lessons today. They'll be valuable to us in this holiday season. First of all, I want you to note these other wise men knew the location, but they did not believe the Lord had come. Matthew 2.5, after the king asked his scribes, these other wise men, where is the birth? Where is he to be born? They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. The other wise men knew the location but missed the Lord. The other wise men knew the location but missed the incarnation. Can you imagine? I would dare say that these same religious leaders, these scribes, these other wise men, were some of the same religious leaders that would doubt Jesus' deity all of their lives. They very well could be some of the same ones who troubled Jesus in his ministry as he tried to minister. They're very possibly some of the same ones who would try to trick Jesus, trouble Jesus. They're some of the same ones that I believe would be thorns in his side, some of the same leaders who would bring thorns to his brow they knew the location, but they missed the Lord. There are many like these other wise men today. They give Jesus credit for being a good man, for instance. Go ahead. Survey about 10 or 20 people. Ask them about Jesus. Even if they don't believe in him as a Christian, even if they are not a follower of Christ, they would probably say some good things about Jesus. Other religions even acknowledge Jesus as, let's say, a good man. He was a good man. He did good things. They may acclaim him as a great teacher. He could teach like nobody's business. He drew crowds of people, multitudes. On more than one occasion, he drew multitudes of people. He must have been some great teacher. They may talk to you about his wonderful philosophy of life, turning cheeks, walking extra miles, loving enemies. It's a different way of thinking, different philosophy of living, isn't it? They may even speak to, to you as Jesus being a prophet powerful prophet, but come on, born of a virgin, the son of God, let's not get carried away, they may say to you. 
They may uh, agree to a lot of things about Jesus, but they, many of them will not acknowledge Him as Lord. They will not acknowledge Him as Savior. They all fall short of salvation. But I believe today that Jesus was all of these things. Jesus was a good man. Jesus was a great teacher. Jesus was a wonderful philosopher. And Jesus was a mighty prophet. But I also believe that Jesus was and is so much more than that because Jesus is the Savior of all the world. He's the healer of our bodies. He's the deliverer of those things that bind us and and keep us restricted. Jesus also is Lord. Jesus is Lord. These other wise men knew the location, but they missed the Lord. There will be hundreds, thousands even, that will go through this holiday season, the Christmas season, without even knowing Christ. They'll miss the Lord altogether. They'll hear about the town. They'll hear about the location. They'll hear it in the, in the grocery store, piped in through the Muzak. Old little town of Bethlehem. They may even hum along. They may even know the words. Mm-hmm. They may know the location, too. Nativity stories, productions and plays, all acting out this great nativity scene. But will they actually know the Lord? You see, Jesus is more than just the Savior of the world. Jesus desires to be Lord. And they say if Jesus isn't Lord of all, he's really not Lord at all. Make Jesus Lord. Lord of your marriage. Make him Lord. Lord is the ruler, right? It's the master. It's the one we submit to. It's the one we bow to. The one we reverence. You are Lord. Not just my Savior, saving me from sin. You're Lord. I desire you to be Lord of my children. Lord in my family. We want to compartmentalize what we want Jesus to be because we still want to sometimes do our own thing because we're selfish and we're willful. Now, that's not aimed at anybody necessarily. I'm just telling you if you're breathing today, then you're selfish and you're willful because that's humankind. That's mankind. That's womankind. I don't care if you're breathing today. You have a strong a possibility for being selfish. So we want our own way, but we still want Jesus as Savior. But is He Lord? I've got a question for you today. Is Jesus Lord? Is He Lord? He desires to be Lord in your home, Lord in your heart, Lord with your children, Lord in the workplace. How about that? Oh, he'll be Lord in church, but then we go out and act like a fool and and talk like the devil and act like the devil. And He's got to be Lord 24-7. 
every day of the week, every month of the year, Lord. I like what Paul and Silas told the jailer in Acts chapter 16 and verse number 31. After they were singing and praising and, and worshiping God, the earth shook and the, the prison doors were flung open and they were freed. The jailer said, what must I do to be saved? And they said to him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. These other wise men missed the mark. They knew the location, but they missed the Lord. Wouldn't acknowledge him as Lord and wouldn't let him be Lord. Don't be like that today. Don't be like that this season. Another lesson that I saw that I, I think you could glean from as well. Number two, they knew the scripture, but they missed the Savior. Mm -hmm. Look at our text here again, verses 5 and 6. After Herod questions them, they said back to Herod, He'll be born in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by a prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will rule or shepherd my sheep or my people, Israel. They were actually quoting the Old Testament right here. They were quoting the prophet that they're referring to was the prophet Micah. It was Micah chapter 5 and verse number 2. They knew immediately the Word of God, didn't they? Immediately they went to the Word of God. Immediately they knew the Word of God. And they answered the king by the Word of God. They were very familiar with Micah 5 and verse 2. They found the Bible answer, but they didn't find the Bible application. You've got to work the Scripture. Let the Scripture work in you. And it's got to be beyond your head. The Word of God has to penetrate into the heart of man. You know who else knew the Scripture? The enemy knows the Scripture. The enemy knows the Scripture very well. The Bible tells us that Jesus was drawn away to the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit drew him away. He was getting away for a, a time of solitude with the Father. It's a good habit, by the way. I do it twice a year. Karen's not permitted to go with me. My children cannot go with me. None of my staff are going with me. None of the board goes with me. I go alone for about two or three days. I call it prayer and prep, and I just get alone with God. I want to hear Him. I want Him to speak to me. I want Him to direct me. You should do the same thing, if at all possible. Get alone with God. How many believe that anything Jesus did is worth repeating, worth following? This is something Jesus did. He got alone. He was drawn away by the Holy Spirit of God. He didn't eat for 40 days. What happened? The enemy came. The enemy came and tempted Jesus. And he used the scripture. He used the very word of God that is sitting in your lap right now. 
the very word of God that sits on this holy desk today. And he said on three occasions, it is written. But Jesus didn't just have the word of God in his head. Jesus had the word of God in his heart. And in fact, Jesus is the word of God. It is, he is the word of God that has become flesh. You're not going to trip. Hey, you're not going to trip up Jesus on the word of God. You can't trip up the, uh, the one who is the word of God by trying to twist the word of God. And what did Jesus say? He said right back to the devil, yes, but it is also written. There are people that know the scripture like the back of their hand. But if it's only in your head and not in your heart, it is not going to accomplish much in your life. When I finally surrendered my life to God, I was 18 years old, and I was on fire. I was so eager and zealous for God and, and to share God and to know more about God. I enrolled in our state university in Terre Haute, Indiana State University. There was Terre Haute, thank you for that little shout out right there. There was a, a course offered that excited me, at least the title of it very, very much excited me. And I was so anxious to get into this class and learn. It was called the Bible as literature. And I thought, I cannot believe that a secular university is going to be teaching out of the Word of God. Wow, how exciting. I went there, and I'm telling you, I was blown away and so disappointed. Because the professor only acknowledged the Bible as a book of history, a book of good sayings, a book of poetry. There's, there's poetry in there. It's a documentary of sorts on certain one's lives. And I just, but there's more, there's more, there's more. It's so much more than that. Folks, you can't be saved by simply knowing the Christmas story. You've got to get in the Word of God and let the Word of God get into you. Because the Word of God is alive. How many understand today that the Word of God is a, a living, breathing organism? It's alive. L listen to what I found here in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and of the spirit and of the joints and of the marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Get into the word of God and let the word of God get into you. It is not enough that you just know the scripture. You've got to have the scripture in you or you will miss the Savior just like these other wise men did. They knew the location. They missed the Lord. They knew the scripture. They missed the Savior. They also knew that Jesus would rule or the Christ would rule. The Messiah would rule. But they would not let him rule them. Number three, and I want you to jot this down, they knew the Christ. They knew the Christ would rule, but would not let him rule them. Goes back to the scripture that they quoted, because they knew it so well. Micah 
which is repeated in Matthew 2.6. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler. One who will rule. One who will shepherd and lead my people, Israel. They knew he would rule. They just missed the mark and refused to let him rule them. Imagine with me this time of history. Remember, there had been silence for hundreds of years. They're waiting on prophecies to be fulfilled and to unfold. All at once, the plan of God was unfolding so quickly and so swiftly right before their eyes. It was a great time of, of thrilling prophetic fulfillment. The angels, the taxing, the birth in Bethlehem, the wise men traveling and arriving from the east, the shepherds in the field. Prophecy was unfolding right before their very eyes, but they missed it. They missed it. These not-so-wise men, <laughs> they quoted the Scripture, but they didn't act on its message. I believe they had head knowledge, but they didn't have heart knowledge. So why did these other wise men not hurry off to Bethlehem to find the Christ? These appointed, temporary, wise men from Herod, the scribes and elders, the chief priests. Pastor Moses, I want you to come. Why didn't they go? Why didn't they hurry off? Why didn't they go with the, the wise men from the east? Maybe they feared losing favor with King Herod. Maybe they feared their social standing and their social status would be negatively affected. Maybe they thought the risk would be too great if it were just a rumor and it wasn't true. This Christmas season... Let's make up our minds. We're not going to be like these other wise men. But rather, we're going to believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Scripture says if we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, something happens. We'll be saved. They knew the location but missed the Lord. Let's believe on the Lord and we'll be saved. So we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We accept Him as Savior. And then we let Him rule. Rule our hearts. Rule our homes. Rule our lives. Today and forevermore. I want you to bow your heads all over this room. You've heard a different take on wise men today. I know for me, I've never heard, heard this preached. Maybe you have. I, I just, it was new to me, something fresh.
want to learn from these other wise men. The ones who didn't go. I wonder if there's anyone here today. You're ready for a change in your life. You've tried to live life the way you think you should live life. That hasn't seemed to work so well. Today you want to make a change. Today you want to accept Jesus as Lord. Confess Him as Lord. Accept Him as Savior. Today you want Him to rule in your heart and life. If you're here today and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and asked Him to be your Savior, but you'd like to do that, I want to pray for you. Heads are bowed all over this room. All you need to do is simply lift your hand, put it back down, and today your life can be changed, transformed. If that's you, lift your hand right now, put it right back down. It will signify to me that you want to accept Jesus as your Lord. Ask Him to be your Savior. Put your hand up and put it right back down. Is there anyone? Let me invite all to stand at this time. Pastor Moses, lead us in this chorus. I want you just to think about what has been taught to you today. Dave, I want you to come and dismiss us in prayer. As he's coming, let me also encourage you, if at all possible, come and be with us tonight. We have a special guest. Uh, Kirk Hansen is the coach of the CBC Spartan Central Bible College. It's where I attended, Karen and I. And uh, he and the basketball team are all going to be with us tonight. And he told me that part of what they do, they're going to bring the word tonight, but they're also the only basketball team that he knows of anyway that also plays handbells. You need to come just to hear this basketball team play handbells here tonight. It's really going to be great. I want you to come. That's at 630 tonight. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your awesome presence in this place, God. We thank you that you are so gracious to come down and to visit us. And God, we, we take your presence with us as we go, Father, and may we uh, show others your love. God, we thank you 
uh, for your many blessings. And God, we give it back to you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.